what I did last year, which worked so much better, was to look at all of the deals we did the previous year and to look at which zip codes they came from. Okay. So now instead of pulling lists, we pull zip codes. Okay. The only list that we actually go for is probate and pre foreclosure down at the courthouse, but everything else is just zip codes. Perfect. What's up, everybody? Jamel Gibbs here. Welcome to season two of the Real Estate Investing Podcast. Listen, we have a special guest today. I'm looking forward to what we're going to cover. We're going to talk about acquisitions. A lot of you guys are still kind of building up your business a little bit, wondering how to get leads coming into your business on a consistent basis, how to run teams and, and manage you know, offices and things like that. Uh, that's exactly why I wanted to have Sawan Belcher on the call today. Now, Sawan's been in the business for a few years now. He's in my local market. He's killing it. He actually lives about 10 minutes away from me. And uh, he's be quickly becoming a really good friend of mine, like-minded individual, uh, someone who's absolutely crushing it in this market as well. So listen, I want you guys to uh, take a lot of notes on this podcast. Uh, Sawan's going to be dropping a lot of gems for you. And in addition to that, at the end, we're going to talk about how you can reach out to Sawan uh, through his social media platforms and whatever else he has going on as well. Sawan Belcher, what's up, my man? Yo, great day, brother. Hey, I appreciate you reaching out to me and putting this together, man. I, uh, I'm ready. Oh, it's a real pleasure, brother. You already know. So listen, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm Sawan Belcher. Uh, this is me taking action on, uh, on IG. Um, really a full-time uh, real estate investor. So uh, about 80% of our business is uh, assignments. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're, we're picking up a bunch of rentals, about two a month on average, and uh, just a handful of, um, of rehabs um, every single month. Um, we do a, a lot of off-market deals, but we also have something niche that we do, which we have a part-time realtor that comes in on Mondays and Wednesdays, and we make MLS offers to, uh, you know, to kind of pick the low hanging fruit on the market as well. So uh, we kind of do a little bit of everything. You know, I kind of look at my business like the car business. So uh, we'll, we'll get in, we'll get into a little of that. And uh, but essentially that's you got to have big checks, which is the car sales, you know, or the rehabs or assignments. And then you got to have small checks coming in every single month, which is the uh, you know oil changes and the brake pads uh, and all that in between. So love it, man. So look. We've been doing a lot of Clubhouse recently. Uh, for those of you who don't know about Clubhouse, it's basically an app. It's a community app that we, we get together on and we have a mastermind-like discussions. And I got to tell you, man, uh, I've been in a couple of rooms with Sawan. We've been moderating together and he's dropping a lot of gems. Uh, make sure you check him out on Clubhouse as well. Check me out too. We'll talk about all of that stuff as we go on. But listen, I want to talk to you about acquisitions today. Um, you mentioned a lot of different facets of real estate that you're focusing on. One of them being REOs. You're making uh, uh, offers on those. Yep. Uh, you're making offers on private owned properties as well. Uh, what do you see is working best for you right now? Um, so working best is working with landlord right now. I'm just talking about, you know, January. What is it? The 12th right now is is tired landlords. So understand we're in a time where uh, landlords um most of them, or at least some of them, um, you know, this last year with tenants, some of them not, you know, being able to held accountable with paying rents. 
Um, you know, a lot of people, um, what I'm seeing a lot is that tenants aren't necessarily not paying, they're making partial payments. So if, um, if a lot of landlords only have, you know, two or three, you know, and then a lot of those two or three small pop, you know, landlords, they got those by accident, mm -hmm. you know, um, so they're not necessarily ready with reserves or they don't have the mindset to, uh, oh, I'm about to grow my portfolio to 100 so I can live a financial free life. So a lot of our deals right now are these little are these little rentals where tenants want to stay. They've been there for three years, but for whatever reason, they run, you know, they've either run on hard times or the or the landlord is being super soft on them and uh, and they're not paying rent. So that's where a lot of our leads are, are coming from. Um, the one today is is um is super is super similar to that um actually closing. actually i know you yeah we got a we got to close in an hour so yeah um but yeah so he actually uh i've been following up with this dude for for three years okay um when the hurricane came through um one thing i did so the hurricane came through and it was like devastation on the east side i don't know if you remember but mm -hmm. one thing i did was i put door hangers on everybody's door you know uh you know we buy houses and on the other side, it said, um, you know, uh, give this to your landlord. If I buy it, I'll pay you 500 bucks, you know, after I purchase it. And uh, so we picked up a bunch of leads, you know, in those hurricane areas. And this is one of those guys from three years ago that I had talked to. Um, so, I mean, I mean, finally, that's manifesting after three years that I'm actually getting one of his houses. So, yeah, my, one of my houses, I, I buy a lot in the 05 area, 275. Yeah. And we own a couple of rental properties over there as well. And one of my properties, uh, the the day that the there was a tornado that came through a couple of years back, you remember? Yeah. And we had just finished the roof on that rental property and the tornado came and wiped the whole roof off, man. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. See, and that's the and that's exactly the storm that I'm talking about. Cause I I, I think uh um, uh, yeah, one, one thing I was pushing at the time a lot, cause I was still really pushing my portfolio was, uh, was roof repair too, to keep mm -hmm. the cash flow going. And we did a, we did a bunch of that, man. Yeah. Cool. Cool, man. So you're buying at least two rental properties per month right now. Um, yep. and you're flipping how many would you say you're doing? So, um, on average about 10 to 12, okay. About 10 to 12, um, assignments, about 10 to 12 assignments every single month. Last year, what we did was 74 deals. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the year before that we did 110. So I, our numbers went down last year, but our average deal size went up. Oh, it went up. Yeah, it went, it went up, which was, I wasn't expecting that, but, um, but towards the last quarter, um, I had some, I had some guys kind of fall off the team and, mm -hmm. uh, we just hired a bunch. So I kind of knew something was going to be off. Um, but it, it all worked out because the average deal size was, uh, was significantly more just yeah. just to be just to be exact our the previous year when we did 110 our deal size was like 6500 but last year we did 13 I think it was like 13 one it was like 13,100 yeah. average deal size so our average profit spread was about 15 to 20 grand last year nice. we did less deals but like you said man um the profit spread spread grew over the last year you know I know 2020 has been bad for a lot of people um and just kind of being careful with how I how I say certain things, because, you know, a lot of people lost loved ones and things like that. Um, but for us, financially, right. 2020 was probably one of the best years I had in a long time. Right. Uh, that shows the power of being a business owner. Right. Versus relying on someone uh, uh, 
providing you with a paycheck. You right. know what I mean? Uh, that shows the power of taking ownership of your life versus um, someone else, you know, uh, you allowing someone else to have ownership of their life. Heck I'm yeah. not saying that, you know, obviously everybody's circumstances are different. Um, and 2020 was a rough year for a lot of people. But at the same time, you can make 2021 that much better by taking control. You take the bull by the horns and pull it in. Oh, yeah. And even, bro, even in 2021, um, there was one small difference in success last year from Mm -hmm. what I saw. If you owned an LLC and if you didn't, okay, if you owned an LLC, you had opportunity to get PPP for 100,000 grand. You know, uh, if you didn't have an LLC, you got a twelve hundred dollar stimulus check. Yep. That's 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 simple. That's simple. Yep. Absolutely, man. So what's your plans moving forward in, in 2021? Like, what, what are you looking to do uh, this year? Uh, so um, company goals wise is um, uh, there's only one month last last year that we hit 100 grand net. And um, so the goal is to consistently hit 100 grand, you know, net every single month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's one of our main goals. But another one of my goals is I'm super active in my company right now, um, more than more than ever. Um, so, uh, hire each position. Okay. So currently I have, uh, acquisitions wise, I have Jose, I have Travis, um, and I have, uh, Andrew who I just, uh, bought on, uh, is to get those guys, uh, in their seats, maybe hire one more act, um, and then hire Dispo next month and get property management in office the following month. So that way I can have all, you know, all, uh, uh, departments, uh, working because um, I'm ready to get back to working on the business versus working in it. Uh, last week, we got five contracts. And uh, I mean, that's great. But unfortunately for me, I ended up getting all five contracts. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to getting the team back uh, to back working, you know, working like a muscle, you know, working on his own. Now, um, you have, it, you have, now you have an office. I do everything virtually. That's the, the only difference between our two businesses, right? Uh, so the difference is I don't have that $1,500 or $1,300 or $2,000 per month overhead. Uh, and I, but in addition to that, I don't have the space where I can keep everyone uh, in tune. So what we do is we use Zoom uh, and that's how I keep everyone in office, so to speak, yeah. to, be able to uh, operate my business that way. I like to be home all day long. You know, on the other side of this wall right here, I have a gym. Yeah, all night. <laughs> I don't even I don't even uh, go to a public gym anymore. I have a full blown gym inside uh, this room over here. Yeah, that's top five. The, <laughs> the, the point in me bringing that up is, you know, um, acquisitions is definitely uh, the, the gateway that allows you to be able to kind of do what you want. Uh, with your life and design things, you know, bringing that income that you need in order to to be able to get your life where you want it uh, to be. The right? so single you, most important thing. The the single you can't you can't make a profit until you have a deal. You know, you can't. Uh, in my opinion, you can't raise practice private money um, until you provide an opportunity. Um, uh, so if you if you don't mind, I'm I'm just gonna jump right into like uh, um, uh, a little bit of this real quick. Um, so though I, I believe you have your business set up the same way. So if a lead comes in, a lead comes in from cold calling or whatever marketing channel, and then your acquisition guy um, takes over from the phone call right then and there. 
um, uh, uh, some people say qualify. That's what your acquisition does. I don't say qualify. Um, I say your acquisition guy should be building a relationship with sellers. Because um, uh, once again, that deal that's closing today, that was a three-year relationship. It wasn't just a, you know, hey, pick up the phone and seven minutes later is a contract, um, you know, because most of the deals is, is follow up. So in follow up, people are so broad with follow up, but follow up is like, oh, you want to keep it? You know, oh, yeah, I'm going to fix it up. So follow up is two months later. Hey, there's a Home Depot sale on windows. You know, check these windows out. This will help you, you know, or, or hey, I just thought about you after church, you know, because I found somebody that, you know, needs to rent. and I don't have any rentals. Did you fix that house up yet? You know, so um, that that's a that's a relationship. So um, yeah. I, I'm I'm teaching I'm teaching our acquisitions and myself to um, to first introduce yourself like you're a friend or family member. So don't just say, "Hey, can I speak to Miss Joan?" or "Hey, am I looking for Miss Joan?" I, we say, "Hey, Miss Joan, how you doing?" Like you know her, <laughs> right, right? Right? You know what? I guess you doing, Miss Joan. You know, so that way you can instantly start your relationship off assuming that she's your friend and that'll naturally bring her guard down um that you're not a salesperson you're not trying to take anything from her you're not trying to move her out of her house um is all love that's right um and and keeping that communication and that rapport through the whole phone call so when when you're when you're training your acquisition so let me ask you this you have multiple acquisition specialists are each of them focusing on different lists every every month or every week Oh, that's top five question. Okay. So, so all of these leads come in from different sources. Okay. And we don't do a lot. We, 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 we stay focused. So we do cold calling. We do RVMs cause that match with cold calling. Okay. Um, we do a small amount of, um, Facebook ads. And then we also do, uh, we get a bunch of SEO website leads. Okay. How many, um, so let's pause right there. How many leads would you say you're driving in every month from these different, these different marketing channels? And what does that so, what does that cost look like as well? OK, so um, I look at it by the per day. Right now we're getting eight to 12 per day. Mm -hmm. um, once I get these guys trained up next week, it'll probably uh, we'll spend more and get it closer to like 20 to 25. OK, okay. Um, so uh, right now we're like, uh, you know, eight to 12 per day. And what it, what that looks like is I have only have one cold caller. I don't see no need for any more than that, just to be honest. Um, and we put her on a dollar. So I pay her five dollars an hour. She's been with me for three years. Um, so I think every you know week we pay her like one hundred and fifty bucks, one hundred and sixty bucks. Mm -hmm. um, um, I do have another virtual assistant that helps us build lists because like I pay somebody uh, to go to the courthouse and pull special proceedings to pull uh, probate. And they load those lists up in slide broadcast to send the RVM. And uh, also loaded up in our dollar for the cold call of the dial. So I pay for that as well. But on average, marketing wise, you know, I'm spending um, I'm spending about seventy five hundred dollars a month um, marketing spend um, between like the VAs, between list um, and uh, and all that good stuff. Um, and, on, and on average, that brings us about 50 to 65 grand a month on average. And obviously you didn't start off spending $7,500 a month. So what would you recommend someone actually start off who's looking to build out an acquisitions uh, part of their business? What would you recommend they start off at? It depends on where they are. So earlier today, I talked to a guy that was 15, year old, 15 years old. So, of course, I wasn't advising him to spend any money. I told him to go down to the probate, you know, probate office and get leads that had phone numbers already. 
It's accurate data, accurate phone numbers. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's just a numbers game and getting your, you know, and sharpening your sales skills. Um, But for the person that has money, um, you can probably get leads quicker, get better leads uh, and make more profit on that particular deal. If you, you know, if you spent, you know, if you spent, uh, you know, a campaign, a direct mail campaign, or if you, you know, spent money on creating a website and just putting out a PPC campaign. Um, It depends on how much money you have. Um, versus how much time you have. Um, I mean, because essentially money and time is the same thing. Uh, you know, right. I use money to buy time, you know, but if you don't have any money, then you got to spend time. Um, so, yeah. So I'll give you an example of our numbers. It takes us about 8,000 phone calls to get one contract, right? And that's 8,000 cold calls. So I know for a fact, um, it it will cost me about 160, about 160, 320 about $740 to get one contract basically in a nutshell 740 to get a $10,000 or $20,000 spread we actually have one closing uh, nice. next month next Monday it cost me about $740 but the yield on it is $20,000 nice right? that's great so i know if we if i spent triple that i would get another four deals in addition to that which means uh, 32,000 phone calls to get four contracts. Right. Give and take. Right. Um, and I, I know that if I want to scale up even more, I just keep adding on to that until we tap out and then we go into a, a, a new list source, a, a new, uh, yeah, uh, a, a new list. Yeah. So my, my point in bringing that up is it's important when it comes to acquisitions to know your numbers, to, to know how to guide your team, and which way to walk, so to speak, which direction to go into uh, so that when you are working on the acquisitions part of your team, you're dialed in and people know what to expect at the end of the day. Right. For sure. For sure. And that's actually those numbers are actually great. guys. So listening to the call because my numbers is uh, is more around like eleven fifty. So he's so his average deal size is higher than mine and he's spending less. And that's really what you want to work on. You know, that's really you're working on. How can I get my marketing so tight, you know, in my in my sales skills or my acquisition skills, my negotiation skills better so I can get so I can spend less money to make more. That's perfect. That's right, man. So I want to I want to provide a step by step process on what it takes to build out the right acquisitions team. And then the the processes uh, that takes place. Uh, during the acquisitions part of the business so that everybody could get a general idea of what to keep in mind as they're building out their acquisitions part of the business. Uh, you want to dive into that a little bit? Uh, let, let's yeah, start for with, sure. Yeah. Why, why don't we start with, um, uh, you know, who you need on your team. Uh, and then we, we can talk about uh, the system, this step-by-step process on how to go from where they are right now to where they want to go acquisitions wise. Heck yeah. So, um, so like I already mentioned, I have a cold caller because that's, um, in my opinion, that's not like an income producing task. I mean, she's literally making 500 phone calls a day, mm-hmm. you know, and hearing 50 no's and getting, you know, five yeses. So that's not really a task that that is good for me. So I outsource, you know, I outsource that to uh, to Melo. Um, and then next is the list building. It's literally just a bunch of scrubbing lists. Um, um, and, you know, and researching data as far as, you know, skip tracing LLCs and things like that and spreadsheets, not something that I'm good at, 
not something that makes money. So I have a cold caller and a, and a VA that builds lists. Both of them, um, well, the lady that builds lists, Sarah, she actually, I pay her $3.50 an hour. Okay. And then, uh, and then Mello, I pay her $5 an hour. Okay. So and then that's important not to cut you off, man, but that's important for everybody to grasp. So he's not paying uh, a, a lot of money every single month. One thing that we do, I'll, I'll pay $4 an hour for my cold caller, but then we give them 5% of any wholesale profits we get. So if we get a $20,000 check, that's another $1,000 in their pocket. And that motivates them to keep moving, uh, right. to, to keep you know, uh, going for more and more income. Uh, so that's really important that you guys understand that. You, don't, you can start building a team without spending a lot of money up front. So I'm glad you brought that out, man. Heck yeah. And then the next part to that is uh, is acquisitions. And most people's shoes is going to be you. OK, it's going to be you. And you have to learn how to uh, intro rapport, condition rapport, why they want to sell, how soon they'll sell price and build that all into your negotiation of, hey, that's why I believe a cash deal is going to work for you. Or that's why I believe me taking over your payments and giving you cash out of your, you know, your um, uh, outside of your loan is going to work. Or, hey, this is why, you know, you told me that you need to save on tax on uh, on taxes and you're not going to do anything with the money. So that's why seller financing works for you. Right. Um, so that's really all just rapport. And that's how I structure the calls is intro rapport condition rapport because honestly with us doing things virtually with us just not really seeing the houses before we get them under contract um the condition is more so for no negotiation yep um we want to know what's wrong with it but more so we want them to tell us all of the problems so at the end of the phone call when we get to price we can say well you told me uh, right. well Based considering said, right exactly well considering everything you told me considering the condition you know um um, you know, what do you think is fair? You know, um, you know, if you were to drop off all of those problems that you just told me with the house and I'm willing to take those on, you know, and put those on my shoulders, you know, you know, how much weight, how much cash do I have to come to the table with? Right. Right. Good stuff, man. So that's, so each of those parts in your business, the way you have it set up are, uh, different individuals handling, handling each, each of those uh so no everybody handles all of that but everybody also has a different relationship builder so okay. for instance so uh jose works with wholesalers okay jose's hispanic and a lot of wholesalers you know like working with hispanic buyers so mm -hmm. we have jose working with wholesalers and we'll get deals from other wholesalers andrew works with property managers so he'll build relationship with property managers if they have a client for whatever reason they want to sell you know um uh, we'll pick up some from renzilli we'll pick up some from um What's my guys in uh, Winston-Salem starts with a B. Uh, anyway, he'll build relationships with property managers. And then Travis, he'll make um, he'll make uh, offers to auctions. That's something I, I just I just started um, when I just started my hiring spree again. But so everybody works on seller leads. But then we also build out relationships with all these different people. Um, and my my go my uh, my responsibility is building relationships with attorneys. Um, probate attorneys, bankruptcy attorneys, so we can help their clients, um, you know, for whatever reason they're going through. Makes sense, man. So obviously you have all your pieces in place. Uh, you have all your team members in place and you're pulling multiple lists every, every month. Um, what, what are the lists you, you mentioned? Um, you mentioned tired landlords. Um, yeah. is that the only list that you mentioned REOs as well. Those are the only two lead 
So, okay, with list. So in the beginning, we used to pull a bunch of different lists. Okay, literally, um, uh, three years ago, we used to pull just. I mean, these are all the lists that we used to pull, and then that's my calendar. Okay, but what I did last year, which worked so much better was to look at all of the deals we did the previous year and to look at which zip codes they came mm -hmm. from. Okay. So now instead of pulling lists, we pull zip codes. Okay. The only list that we actually go for is probate and pre-foreclosure down at the courthouse, but everything else is just zip codes. Okay. So I just pulled a list of my highest performing zip codes in Greensboro, 27406, 27410, and 27401. And literally, I just got everybody, yep. no, you know, no um, filter, just everybody's phone number, <laughs> everybody's address. And that's who we reach out to now, because, um, um, yeah, because, I mean, we can we can help we can help everyone. So it's not right. you, you know what I mean? So even if they owe even if the house is worth 200 grand and they owe 190, you know, Doesn't we can matter. help them out on a sub two, you know, or we right. can help them out on a listing with our realtor or whatever. So, yeah. But that's good stuff, man. So for us, it's 06. Uh, I like 07 and I like 05. Nice. Those are our, those are our, that's where we do most of our deals. Um, I like what you said. I hope you guys picked up on that. If you have a little bit of track uh, history, if you have a little bit of a track record in certain areas, I would personally, and, and you know, I started doing this about 10 years ago when I was in, in Pennsylvania. When we moved here, I had to build it back up. But what we do is we look at every single deal that we've done. We go back and we look at the type of house it was, the year it was built. We do all the research that we need to do on those types of deals. And we go and we do campaigns wrapped around that specific type of property. So we narrow it down to the very type of deal that's closing the most on average. And then we just target that. And you, the good thing about that is you can, you can run Facebook ads to that type of person as right. well. Right. So right. as you build, you, you, once you have a list, you can upload the list into Facebook and run ads to that yeah. type of to that type of stuff. Right. So it just works, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Yep. You can create a lookalike audience. Yep. Yep. That's right, man. That's right. So you have your team, you have your list. Uh, what's next is, is, is part of your acquisitions process. Um, really, um, like I said, we do everything here. So. So um, we do everything here and we honestly try not to go to a house until we have it under contract. So you need some type of way of getting um, of getting the contract to the to the seller. OK, mm -hmm. and we do it really in two different ways. OK, um, number one, we use a notary or number two, we use DocuSign. OK, DocuSign is kind of the most because we actually use DocuSign as a part of our follow up system. Right. Um, so we'll usually send out if they don't sign the contract on the phone with us, which we prefer. Then we'll send out the contract, let it expire in 90 days, but set DocuSign to remind them weekly right. to sign the contract. So that so that's like a little, you know, that's like a little minion out there working for us and we're right. not actually doing the work. Um, and then next, um, if it's one that's a really great deal and for whatever reason, the, the seller doesn't have a um, um, doesn't have an email because she's older or whatever. We'll say, hey, look. I got a business partner, you know, that's out there right now taking a look at the house. You know, can I have her swing by? And I'll literally use my notary as a part of my team member because and it looks official. It's, you know, it's, it's like it's like, oh, yeah, you got a notary coming by, you know. And uh, so the notary will come there with the contract 
right? And and notarize it, give her a copy, bring me a copy or take it to straight to the attorney's office, um, you know, so we can do deals just like that. We do deals like that in, in virtual markets where we send a notary out uh, in certain markets I've never even been to. And we do deals in that market. We use a notary to go out to the houses, take pictures of the house so we could get yep. a general idea of, you know, what the condition of the property is. And then we turn around and, and uh, have them get the contract signed while we're there as well. So uh, good stuff, man, with the notary. DocuSign is definitely a key for us as well. And we do the same exact thing, man. We, um, we set it on autopilot to where nice. it, it'll, send, it'll send reminders every single month. Uh, I love that. See, that's like a little confirmation that I'm doing something right. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, no, man, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. I'm glad you. I mean, you're talking about all all this stuff that you're talking about is is definitely great stuff that people. If you haven't picked up a gym from this podcast again, you need to go back and listen to it yeah, for sure. Again, man, because uh, Sawan's definitely dropping some gems on y'all. Uh, so so we have the the first three steps out of the way. Are there any other steps that you're that you're taking place in order to get the deal in the contract? Well, look, so the next so the next step is follow up. OK, and I want everybody to understand that every seller can and will sell to you. It's all about what you say to them. Yep. OK, every seller. That's a mindset. Every seller can and will sell to me. That's what you got to say to yourself. It's all about what I say to them. OK, yep. so well, let me tell you how I let me tell you how I walked through uh, one of my acquisition guys on Saturday through this deal. Okay. So he had been following up Travis. He'd been following up with the seller uh, for the last six months. The house is vacant. Okay. House is vacant. Okay. Um, and the seller already told him that it's been vacant for five years. Okay. Um, and at this point he's like, yo, so on, I don't know why this guy, you know, I don't know. It's, I think it was a female. I don't know why this lady wants to sit on this house. She's not selling it at all. And, um, and I was like, well, what did you say to her? You know, he just asked her if he was ready to sell. And I was like, well, you got to promote conversation because once again, we're building relationships. So this is what I did. I jumped on the phone. I called her right back and I said, hey, Miss Linda, you know, um, this is Sawan. Start building rapport. And I said, well, look, you know, we're an investors. You know, it sounds like you are, too, because you got multiple houses. Um, help us understand your strategy. We hear a lot of people doing exactly what you're doing. And you, you know, for whatever reason, you have a house and it's been vacant for multiple years. And I just don't understand that strategy. Like, help me understand what your strategy is, you know. And so she started telling us, she said she owned multiple houses. Um, uh, you know, some of them were rentals, some of them were fix and flip. This one was supposed to be a rental. She never got around to fixing it because to put X amount of dollars in it didn't make sense um, versus putting that same amount of money into it to one of her other ones that one of her other properties will be worth more or rent for more than this particular property. So it didn't make sense for her, but she, so she just always kept it, you know? And uh, I was like, Oh wow, that's, that's actually a really good way to look at it because mm -hmm. the way I look at it is, you know, I need income to cover all of my mortgages, you know, on each of the houses every single month. So if I'm not making money on it, I instantly get rid of it. And uh, and she's like, yeah, you know, you should be looking at it that way. But, you know, this house has been paid off ever since I purchased it. I said, OK, great. So at what point at what point does this house um, not is not worth it for you to keep? Because there has to be a point because you're paying taxes, you're paying insurance, 
You're paying somebody to cut the grass to avoid the code violation. So, I mean, you spent how much on this house this, this year? She said, well, every year I spent about 2,500 bucks. I said, okay, so you've had it vacant for five years now. So that's, that's $10,000. So at what point, I mean, is it $20,000? Is it $25,000? Is it $30,000? At what point does it make sense for you to sell that house because of how much money you're spending on it every single year? And she was like, oh, that's a really good point. I never thought about it looking at it like that. And so she still didn't want to sell. But it's the fact that we got her to the next level of actually thinking why she should sell it. You see what I'm saying? So it's like he's been following up for six months just asking, hey, are you ready? Instead of promoting conversation to get her to tell you why she should sell it. So you have to make it the seller's idea. OK, this, so I'm talking about follow up. Yep. OK, I'm talking about follow up. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, so you each time you talk to them, don't just ask, hey, you ready to do that price? Hey, are you ready to sell? Um, hey, is me again? No, you have to promote conversation that gets them to the next step. And sometimes the next step is just considering what you're saying. Sometimes the next step is getting them to get a contractor's quote. Sometimes the next step is you cutting their grass. OK, uh, but you have to get them to the next step. So when you call them the next time, they're like, well, you know, I did the numbers, you know, and you're right. How much will you consider? So that way I can actually look at those numbers and see if it's worth me selling, you know. So and um, um, but that's that's really the next step. And once you you know, and once you got that follow up down, eventually, I mean, boom, boom, boom. I mean, everything's a numbers game. So, right. uh, right. you know, by the time you send out a, enough contracts, by the time you follow up enough times and make enough offers, you're going to get a deal on the contract. So um, but you have to know every seller can and will sell to you. It's all about what you say to them. That's right, man. And always remember, too, there's two paths that a seller or a lead can actually go down. So you have uh, suspects that turn into prospects, right? So that's the incoming leads or the suspects. They turn into prospects. And those prospects turns into either a deal or a follow-up. So there's two paths that they can take. If they turn into a deal, you put them in one sequence. If they turn into a follow-up, because they're not ready yet, you put them into a right. sequence. Right. If you just keep yes. that in mind and you build that out, then you're good to go. You know what I mean? There it is. There's I love I love that. And that and that's a gem in itself because you need a follow-up sequence that works, you know, that works without you being involved in it. I think we've already, you know, dropped that a little bit just to go back to it. You need a follow-up sequence that works for you. So one thing in our CRM, it sends out uh, automatic RVMs. Uh, emails and text messages mm -hmm. that um, that promotes conversation from the sellers that promotes a response. So that way our uh, so that way me or our team can engage with the seller to help them get to the next step. Good stuff, man. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. What, what are some things that newbie real estate investors should keep in mind when it comes to acquisitions? Make more phone calls. Boom. Love it. <laughs> for real, for Love real. It. It's like, hey, I made I made like 10 phone calls. You know, I passed like three vacant houses, man. You know, and it's like, bro, I, I went by like 100 myself this week. Wait, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> you know, like make make more phone calls. Talk to more people. Get yeah. better. This doesn't get easier. You get better, you know, and, and that's what it's about. That's right, man. Mm -hmm. Listen, man, it's been a great call, bro. There's a we could go on and on and on about acquisitions, man. But if you had to give uh, our listeners uh, 
a general idea of what acquisitions is all about, what would you say that would be? Okay. I'm going to hit two. Okay. Uh, general acquisitions is, is you building a relationship with the seller and have so much conversation with them that you know exactly which acquisition strategy works the best to solve their problem, cash, creative financing, or realtor. Okay. Um, and then next is how you talk to them. Okay. Even how me and uh, Jamel are talking to each other right now. We sound like experts. We're enthusiastic. Okay. And we sound sharp. You need to be like that on the phone. And sometimes that a simple thing like standing up helps you do that. Okay. Um, and then next on the phone, you just need to work on being a human. Just forget the you know, forget the LLC name, you know, forget the LLC name, forget your accolades. If you own a hundred doors already, you know, just work on being a human and listening to them. So that way, um, one of my acquisitions on Saturday, the lady was asking him, well, what address, what's your address to your office? And the guy, um, and the guy, he told him the address, but he wasn't listening because what she was trying to say is I want to trust you. I need to sell, but I want somebody that I can trust. So you have to listen, you know, you have to listen to the seller, not just, not just, not just be there on the call. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, look, you know, we really appreciate your time today, uh, Sawan, man. Yeah. Uh, definitely want to have you back uh, in the future as well. But our listeners, when did they get in contact with you? How should they go about doing that? Yo, uh, Instagram, uh, Instagram, this is me taking action.com. I spend most of my time there. Uh, and of course, from there, you'll, you know, you'll find my YouTube and find me on Clubhouse. But on, uh, on, on, on IG, uh, we can actually have conversations. So hit me in my DM and, uh, and I'll see, I'll do whatever I can do to help anybody. Cool. So you got Instagram, you got YouTube, and you got Clubhouse as well. And I'm going to link all of that in the description box uh, for you guys so you can reach out to Sawan. Definitely an open book. Uh, you definitely need to jump on some of the clubhouse rooms that uh, we do together. Uh, we drop some gems. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, if you're not picking up gems on those, I don't know where you're going to get gems from. You know, right. I mean? so definitely uh, be on the lookout. Right now, clubhouse is only on, a, on an iOS systems. So you got to have an iPhone. If not, sorry, <laughs> Android users, it's not for you yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you reading any books right now? Um, so I am. Okay. Um, how to uh, win friends and influence people. Okay. And I'm going back to an old favorite of mine, uh, Survive, Thrive, or Dive. Um, and, and those are the two books that I'm reading right now. I'm, I'm going to make sure I link those in the description box for you guys as well. Listen, Swan, any last words for our listeners uh, on this podcast right now? Hey, look, just go out and take action. OK, the reason why I, you know, kind of put this is me taking action out there is because literally I want you to say that to yourself when you're out there, you know, doing the business. This is me taking action. I made an offer. This is me taking action. I got a contract. I'm sending a contract. So just go out and take action and actually do the business. Sounds good, man. Look, the name speaks for itself. This is me taking action. Check them out on all social media platforms, especially Clubhouse. Instagram and YouTube. And listen, make sure that you guys are out there taking action for yourselves as well. That's the only way you're going to get from where you are right now to where you want to go in this business. That's listen, for sure. Looking forward to talking to you guys on the next one. Peace. Yeah. Peace.
check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash jamelgibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook slash the Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm in LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to reieducationacademy.com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.